Hey everybody, I just want to take a moment to thank all my subscribers and listeners that dedicate a little bit of time just to hear what I got to say. Thank you so much, but the struggle is real and it continues. Please spread awareness and do your part by making sure that you are subscribed and liking each of the episodes that you listen to. Share my episodes and, and spread awareness of my channel and what it is that I'm doing. These things, these little things right here is what helps me grow and helps sponsorship come my way as I am a struggling ex-con. I appreciate the support, the love, and thank you so much for tuning in. More to come. This episode has been brought to you by our friends over at CMB Law. If you find yourself in a tight spot and you need an attorney to trust, call Courtney over at CMB Law, 941 747 44 or 941-725-9457. You can also visit her site at cmbjustice.com. cmbjustice.com. Again, that's Courtney at CMB Law. Tell them that Thomas Free Me sent you from the Thomas Free Me podcast show. Good morning, everybody. Today is Thursday, March 2nd, 2022. Welcome to the Thomas Free Me TV and podcast show. Today is the long-awaited, long-overdue interview with Curtis Davis Jr., an individual whose story has, has shocked me at the amount of corruption and extent that our government will go to incarcerate our American citizens. There's a multitude of reasons why I bring these discussions. First and foremost, because we have innocent people in prison. And statistics have shown that our government has acknowledged that and um, written it off as just collateral damage. But these are American citizens. These are innocent people. And these are human beings that deserve the right to live their life, not be caught up in some corruptive scheme because they're looked at as collateral damage. So first and foremost, that is one of the reasons why I bring these discussions. Second reason is because these discussions are very, very important and a must need in our communities. We shun our backs and we turn our backs on the accused. And we need to start understanding why these people are being accused, the system that we're all involved in, and start understanding what prison is a business really, really, really means and how it's affecting our communities. Again, we have close to 3 million people incarcerated in this country. That is 75 times more than any other country on the face of the planet. Number two is China. They have 3 billion citizens. We have 300 and let's call it 50 million. Hello. 
Man, good morning, man. Good morning, man. It's finally good to talk to you. How are you doing? blessed partner i mean i'm i'm doing the same you know we're we're all trying to survive in different facets and different environments but it's still survival nonetheless but so um this this is the long-awaited long overdue interview with mr curtis davis jr curtis has been going through a lot uh so i'm his time is limited so i'm going to let him uh just break it down from from day one so Curtis, let's start here. Let's start with the day of the occurrence. What happened on this day? Oh, man. Um, I guess you want me to start the day that uh, the, the crime occurred. He took the first time in They said by his mom sometime at night. Long story short, though.
we'll we'll continue from there. That's okay. No, that's fine. Yeah, I, and I can I can edit these cuts out so it's it's a continuous stream. Please again be mindful that that uh, Curtis is calling in from a prison phone, um, so you get to actually hear the frustration between the family, uh, loved ones, as as it is to talk to an inmate that is in prison having to call through, you know, a a, a phone, essentially. And these phones are outdated old phones that have been beat on, bragged on, you know, not taken care of properly. So, so, uh, just a quick recap of, of the first discussion. Um, the, the incident occurred, your stepfather, your wife's stepfather, which was your father-in-law was murdered. And the weapon that he was murdered with, because the the call was a little choppy, was a thirty thirty. Yeah, correct. Thirty thirty. Okay, and uh, the investigation was solely based upon you, correct? The 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 investigation, like they didn't try to investigate anybody else; they were just only investigating you. Uh, well, they got. They got five, his five suspects along. They did investigate and also got his record. They questioned uh, my ex-wife, her mom. Uh, where the overall investigation, yes, sir, they actually just really investigated me. And you were on probation for a, a unrelated charge at that time? Yes, sir. And was that a violent charge that you were on probation for? Was it a violent charge? What were you on probation for violence or or anything of that nature? Uh, no, actually, actually uh, no, I was on probation for uh, statutory rape charge. I had caught it in two thousand eight, uh, where of course you know story around, and I'm not like I said, I'm not a crook. I came from uh, Hawaii. I was going to a bad 25th infantry division. My dad's a bishop. I went to a church. He had new members at the church. Um, of course, they knew who I was. I walked in the church, um, and I could say my daughter was now 15. Her mom uh, and her grandma was at the church. I was introduced. My mom, um, long story short, we ended up having a baby while you know she was um, underage. I was 18. She was 14. Um, so that, that's what that's what occurred. Um, I'm so sure did I did I rape or don't know. Um, I'm just unaware of her age. And, you know, like I say, you know, her mom was around at that point in time. So of course I wasn't thinking that she was underage. Um, so that's that that's where the probation came from. The judge gave me five years probation instead of it's suspended twenty years in prison. Got it. So then. You were you were brought in for a, uh, a essentially a conversation about maybe a plea deal or essentially of what what the charges were, and that is when you found out that they had your wife in handcuffs in the precinct as they were bringing you in, and they coerced you into signing a plea deal for manslaughter on this charge. Uh, it, okay, 
okay, now, as far as the uh, tree go itself, now, what, what a chair was, you know, I did, you know, December 3rd, oh, now, I did confess, like I said, to it, uh, because I wanted them to pretty much leave my, my family alone, because at that point in time, you know, I didn't think we had, I knew I didn't personally, I didn't believe like my wife at the time, her mom uh, had anything to do with it. Um, so after I confessed, they locked me up. They brought me back um, the next day to try to give another confession because uh, even the record showed the confession I had given, you could tell that it had been practiced. Um, but I didn't give another confession because they walked me in. Um, I think they had my wife, my ex wife, and it was strength. And I was like, hey, y'all said y'all was going to leave us alone. If I said I did it. Um, but it didn't go that way. Um, now you're saying when I when I did get indicted, I got indicted for a possession of a capital murder, possession by found by convicted felon, uh, possession third third rifle, in which the court said to kill um, the the uh, the victim. Um, of course, you know when I was indicted as well. The lawyer, the trial lawyer I had, Warren Mark Jr. of Jackson, Mississippi, um, when he came to me, said, he said, man, doing autopsy, they got to a confession, but doing autopsy of the deceased body, they found, instead of blood, DNA on his fingernails, suggesting that he got into some form of struggle or fight with whoever had killed him. They said, you know, I made them go uh, through with testing. They was going to go at the death tongue to see if testing came back where the blood or the fingerprints on the murder weapon. But if the testing came back and did, um, they was going to acquit me. Well, you know, of course, I always confess because, you know, like I say, trying to save my family, but uh, I told them to come along with testing, so they, um, they, they, waited, uh, they waited on that for a while. And you were you were unknown when you signed the plea that day. You were you were unknown that the DNA evidence had already came back. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Why did we uh, fast forward to August uh, two thousand and ten? Yes, sir. I had pled guilty um, around June two thousand and ten. I had gave 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 wants to take my DNA, my blood, to include as me as the truth to the DNA the found at the crime scene. Um, and August the 31st, 2010, I was about to quit. Uh, it was supposed to be in a hearing to, I think a suppression hearing to, we were supposed to have the lab reports at that point in time. Um, it's like almost a month, one or two months almost, uh, after I had uh, did the uh, gave my DNA to test and stuff, so yes, I was actually looking forward to because I knew I hadn't touched the record. But when we got when I got there, my family asked for about the test. And I asked about the test. The Lord, the, the court had told him the test was not ready. Um, however, he still was like, "Hey, you confess though, so you might as well go on the plea. Uh, if you don't confess, I mean, if you don't uh, go on the plea, I'm not going to represent you." Uh, because he was looking at, I confess, so what else? Like I kept telling him, I, I never did touch him. Today I wasn't even at the crime scene, so uh, I actually, foolishly, I confess. I mean, not confess, but I pled guilty to uh, 
And was this a white attorney or a black attorney? Black. And do you think he had knowledge of the evidence that was out? The the, the DNA um, evidence? Well, to be honest, you know, um, I got to speak on it now because you know, I represented myself in full process. That knowledge, uh, I got to say, looking at the record, uh, that's the argument right now. You know what I'm saying? The argument is not, you know, Larry's court being up surfacing uh, nine months after I was convicted, saying that I am excluded as a contributor to the fingerprints found on a murder weapon. It also said I am excluded a fingerprints found on the phone, the cordless phone. I am excluded as a contributor to the blood, the DNA found under the victim's fingernail. I also say that I am excluded from all the evidence found at the crime scene, right? Um, so by that being said, this my old lawyer, you know, after the narrative came out, he filed my first post-conviction and stated that the state would tell the lab report, lab report exonerate me, and that the state should pay any restitution. Um, what the state turned around and did, though the trial court turned around and did, was file a motion to the post-conviction that I proved this freedom in 2011, stating that I was represented by counsel Warren Mar Jr., a black lawyer, um, and it was him that was course, made available to him four days prior to me being convicted or taking a plea. However, he failed to utilize him. So um, that's, that, that, that is what said in the record. So, so that, is what the, that is what the state is saying. The state is saying that the records were made available to the attorney prior to the plea that you signed, and therefore you're, you're held accountable for this, right? Yes, sir. They said that he had, uh, had them, and um, because I was representing yeah, they said it Because you were representing what? You chipped out. So you were supposed to have an evidentiary hearing where this attorney was supposed to come in and speak to this, right?
stock, should I say, uh, they get they get overlooking the trial. Things like I have had an evidence where we're here, but I haven't. Um, that that's what we're facing now with my case being back on the field in the uh, Mississippi Court of Appeals. Um, that that's the thing now, you know, the evidence. Hey, I should be granted evidence where we're here because the facts is out there. Um, that, uh, of course, I'm innocent. It just. Uh, the court said that the lawyer had the report. The lawyer said that the court had them. So, you know, I had to go in. You know, any lawyer, anybody on uh, knows that. Um, I just couldn't go in and blame the state, even though the state didn't get me of what was Brady or was holding. I had to go in on the intercept counsel because, like, they I counseled him who allowed it. Um, and the records do show all of this. So, yes, sir. So how does that start? The ineffective assistance of counsel, like how? What was it? Is this counsel still active? Yes, sir. Oh, yes, sir. Walmart, uh, Joe, Jackson, or yes, sir. He have a radio station. Yes, sir. The way ineffective assistance of counsel work is, you know, on the Constitution, you guarantee effective assistance of counsel. And what they're saying is he's ineffective uh, because he failed to utilize the lab reports as, as you know, of course, you know, upon the law, the lab reports are my only plausible line of defense to prove my innocence uh, because the court, as well as him, was made aware of the weight that the lab reports were going to carry. You you going to say that I... I was there, I committed the crime, I knew of the crime, it was going to exclude me completely. And by them excluding me completely, they're saying that he never did bring that up. However, like I say, um, yeah, he can be, he, that, that will fall under ineffective, but however, though, um, I will say this with the court high courts they only go off the record you know what i'm saying uh they don't just go off my word or the court word they they go off what's in the file you know like i said when you look in the file you'll see yes he was ineffective uh, because you know continuation file to move the court date that was said that i didn't even know about it was said farther back just a lot of loud reports took about so he should be asked court to wait actually got it in hand. Um, but like I say, the record do show that uh, if you was to ask me who would be guilty in these aspects of withholding the evidence, I would have to say, you know what I'm saying, with confidence, the state of Mississippi, Montgomery County Circuit Court, uh, Montgomery County District Attorney's Office, um, because that's what the record shows. And who was that district attorney? Um, Doug Evans. I'm pretty sure everybody's heard of uh, attorney Doug Evans. Uh, the, the previous case that I most use is uh, Curtis Flowers versus Say. I think everybody aware of that case. Well, uh, and it's the same DA, um, Doug Evans of uh, Grenada, New You said Doug Evans? Yes, sir. Hmm. So, so, and, and this whole time that you've been in there, like, this hasn't been an easy time for you, right? Nah, no, sir. No, sir. 
what are some of the experiences of, of you doing doing state time in Mississippi? Uh, well, uh, well, you know, um, we just came off a you know, big lockdown in 2018. Outside of Corona, again, 2020, because, you know, the statewide bank was against organizations. Uh, uh, that, that was affecting my, 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 myself. How have I been affected? You know, I've been a while as a just to bring you up to speak recently, what was that beginning of last year? You know, I was uh, guys in prison, you know, organization members. Um, I can't say why it occurred, but, you know, I was in the back of a zone and a couple surrounding me and actually, you know, um, at the same time, you know, recently, I think about a month ago, February, beginning of February this year, you know, I was surrounded, you know, I was like, doing my job because, you know, God bless me, I'm able to move around now, um, you know, help do projects for the uh, facility, put on projects for the facility, then I'm the compound and quiet drama. Uh, and for other in the groups that come, you know, so I was doing my job one morning and some organization on they surrounded me, you know, with friends, you know. So, you know, I'm going through the prison aspect of, you know, where, uh, you know, life and danger, things that nature, you know, it's been 13 hard years. Uh, and Mississippi continue to play with my life by keeping me in. Who runs, who runs the compound there? What, what, um, like what gangs do you have on that compound? Who runs the compound? In Mississippi, in Mississippi, it's different. Uh, Mississippi, you have gangs such as, you know, uh, the gangsters and, and the vice lords. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you have other ones. Those are the two main entities that, that pretty much run the, uh, the uh, Mississippi prison And you being, how, how many people in there uh, know about your case and know that you're, you're an innocent person in prison? Well, um, I'm trying to, I'm hoping, but I can't say it has. So um, I just can't say how many, what numbers know, but uh, some do know about it. And do you feel like you're you're treated differently because they know that you're innocent in prison and, and you know, you're just, you know, uh, uh, really not trying to, to do prison life? You, you know, you're caught up in the system. Like, do you feel that you're treated differently in any kind of way? Uh, Sometimes I do feel like that because, you know, uh, reality is, you know, individuals do feel, uh, they do envy. And, you know, they're saying, you know, they're saying things your way. Uh, even say they're saying things your way to try to scratch you or get you in more trouble. Um, and then, you know, that is some of the things that the justice, they try to uh, send a guy's away, a jailhouse form, prison informants, you know, things of that nature. Um, and that's things that even, uh, friends, you know, through these guys, through these individuals may be friends or the other suspects or uh, things of that nature, you know what I'm saying? Because I think everybody has a family member somewhere incarcerated. So, yes, sir, those are some of the things that, that do run through my mind. And like I said, when I boil down, it's it, it just the fact that with my innocence being so directly proven, Mississippi, 
Let me ask you this, homie. Like, how how do you deal with it? Like, like you know, for the listeners out there that that are that really don't understand, you know, how how do you deal with being in this environment, going through what you've been through, the beatings? I think that you said that you've been stabbed. You know, just the the the, the pressure on on all the stuff that's going on with you. How do you stay sane? Like, how do you keep this mental space and this strength? and this humility that you display knowing that all of this atrocity has happened to you and you did nothing wrong. Hello. Went out. Did you hear me? No, you had went out. What was the last thing you heard? I heard you say something about all the atrocities I've been through and you went out from there. So what I'm saying is like how how do you deal with the mentality, your mental space of knowing that all of these things have been occurring to you and you've done nothing wrong, you know, and and here you're just trying to prove your innocence. You know, how do you deal with that mentally? Uh, God, I think I think that background is dead. No question about that, man. You know, we we go through this stuff for a purpose and for a reason, man. And, and, and at some point in our life, we just hope that, that that's uncovered so we can understand as to why we went through this stuff. But um, what, what, what can we do, partner, what, as, as society, as the listener? What can the listener do to help you right now? Blessed to be my first cousin, so that's that's a blessing. Um, 
I just need everybody to keep pushing for me, man. You know, call the court. If it's in your heart, call the, the Mississippi Court of Appeals. You know, call Montgomery County Circuit Court. And, you know, get that innocent guy out. You know what I'm saying? I need voices, you know, because at the end of the day, like I say, you know, it, it, it's not just me crying and saying I'm innocent. And just because I want to say that and I'm looking for pity, my cry is that, hey, I'm actually innocent. And the state actually overlooked this thing. And uh, they've been over. They're trying to make it seem like I have had a hearing or I have been able to put this on or this have occurred, but it, it hasn't. You know what I'm saying? So, like I say, man, I just need support. Um, yeah, I need to work out more. You know what I'm saying? I put a file in the court. So, uh, that, that's what I need, man. You know? I'm, I'm, so hey, the more the more I tell to help me along with you and what you're doing to appreciate it. Hey, they were hit the court today, tomorrow, and they they, they actually not only just take my my case uh off the docket, but actually look at it and go release me. Yeah. So so in order to, to get you like right now, where 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 are you at in the courts right now? Do you have anything pending right now? But where's um, where's that at right now? Like, what is what is the process? Where's where's that appeal sit at right now? Um. Well, I'm I'm, I'm out of this. I'm out. You know what I'm saying? So it's, I guess you could say it's on level. This is like the second or third step uh, within the, the appeal process, um, and hopefully it don't have to go any further than. The Mississippi Court of Appeals. Uh, so that I guess that's how we have to the state level. Boy, it reaches out to the Mississippi in the state level. So, are we waiting on a response right now, or? Yes, sir. We're, we're waiting. Matter of fact, you know what I'm saying. They usually have, you know, within a okay, put it like this. I filed my appeal in a court. My appeal due October of uh, 2021. Got it. So, so we, so if we had people calling up there for them to pull that docket and for them to look at that, that's possible. That would put a little bit of pressure. Okay. Okay. So then, so then we need to get that number of who the people need to contact there about having that docket heard and pushed along. Directly, because like I said, uh, with the state level, it's, it's going in front of more than one judge. 
Uh, but I guess they could call and leave a concern. Mississippi Court of Appeal, Mississippi Supreme Court, uh, I mean, clerk. Yeah, the clerk. The the judges, the, either the judge's secretary or the clerk of the court, but absolutely, or the representative, you know. And but yeah, and 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 um, again, this is this is this is the Free Me podcast message where the community has to start stepping up and looking out for one another. You know, when we see that that an American citizen needs help, us the community, we have to rally behind and get and 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 support each other. So this is what we have to do, man. So I'm gonna get I'm gonna get the information for that, and 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 I'll post that, you know, in this video as well, and and uh, so the people can, it's just a phone call, you know, 20 minutes of your time to just call and say we want, uh, I'll, I'll include the docket number, so the caller would just call and say we want this docket heard. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We want hey. this docket heard. Hopefully, everybody, uh, like I say. Uh, Yeah, no question, no question, Curtis, man. Is there is there um is there anything that we left out off the top of your head that that uh you can think of? Anything? I know that again for the listener, um I know that that the phones in prison are horrible. Um so so a lot of the information may be a little hard to decipher, but for any detail or anything you can find me again just by googling Thomas Freeme. You know, that's my social media and, and get a hold of me on social media through Instagram, Facebook, any of those. And uh, and I can address your concerns there at that time. But other than that, um, again, I think you said actual innocence is your is actual innocence, too. I know you and I are friends on face. Uh, well, not you and I, but whoever's running your account is uh, under innocence proven too. I think. Yes, that's why I was saying actual innocence proven. Innocence proven too. Yeah. And that's like uh the Roman numeral two, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, okay. And that's how they can actually get a hold of all of uh your information who's running that and such. So so that's it and and, and that's you know, um Curtis man, I, I I hear these stories from from so many inmates, man, you know, and and like the latest the stat is is it's proven that up to 10% of the people that are in prison are innocent. 10%. 10% of the people that are in prison are innocent. So we've heard Hillary Clinton say that that you know people are are collateral damage, 
And if that's the case, how, how do we sit with that? How does we, the people, sit with the fact that any one of us could be one of this 10% as an innocent person in prison and be written off as collateral damage? And But at the end of the day, this is a human being. Curtis Davis is a human being who has a child, who has family, who has people that love him, who he loves. And he did not come to earth to be collateral damage for some some government scheme, you know? So we have to rally behind that. We have to come together about that. And if it just takes a phone call to your legislator, to the court to say, we want this man's docket heard. He deserves a chance to have all the evidence be heard. That's all the man is asking for because he knows that evidence is going gonna, is gonna to clean him. So let me ask you this, Curtis, man to man. Did you... Or are you guilty of this here? Did you kill that man? No, sir. No, sir. I wasn't around. I didn't. It was nothing. I wasn't at the crime scene. Didn't know nothing of the crime. And that question. That question is more for the listener because I've been. You know, um, I've been I've been dealing with you and your party for for a little while, and and one thing I can say about you is is you're a humble person. You know, you're a humble person, and and you have a good head on your shoulders. You know, and and if I've been around, I've been around people who have committed crimes, and 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 tried to play the innocence role. You know what I mean? And, and and I just don't get that with you. I believe you. I believe I believe in what you say because I've seen these accounts firsthand. Not specifically with your case, which I've I've seen those documents as well, but just so many cases of prosecutorial misconduct, overreaching, overzealousness, just to, to prove points, to provide convictions and, and such. So I believe you, Curtis. And and I want to see you come home, partner, because you deserve that. You know. So all I can say, partner, is just keep your head up. Know that, know that you have people out here that are are are, are fighting for awareness. Man, it's it's hard. It's hard because of the stigma that they've put over the American citizen that that allows the American citizen to look at you, I, us, as as throw you know just throwaways you know as as a burden or a menace and 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 in so many cases it's just not the case you know and it's just getting people to listen just to stop and listen for a second and to get past your judgments and just listen and let your mind understand what's going on and then you'll start to see what what's happening in our communities you know so just keep your head up partner we love you man and we're gonna we're gonna get you out of there. We're gonna bring you home, partner. Appreciate it. Any shout outs you wanna give, any any love, anything like that? Uh man, I always you know, like I say, gotta give a shout out to God. I know he here. Uh give a shout out to, you know, my mom, my dad, my sister, my brothers, everybody, you know, they they moved out of uh, the new city, they in Georgia area. Plus, I got three beautiful teenagers now, um, so I give a shout out to them, man. I, I ain't seen them 
different things like too. Yeah, I want to get out. I'd like to do an interview with Topher too, man, so we could talk about about this and and so many other things because he's got a large platform. You know what I mean? So, so he's got a very large platform. So I'll incorporate him in in this too, and 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 uh, plug him in. But Curtis, man, as always, man, I I hate I hate disconnecting from y'all, man, because I feel like I'm leaving a soldier behind, you know. And I know what it is to hang up that phone and have to go back into into reality. You know, so keep your head up, soldier. Already, I already appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate you taking this opportunity. Now, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate your strength. You know what I mean, and your courage, and and um, and the walk that you're walking. You know, so much love, peace, and love, brother. And like I say, man, no soldier left behind. So we we working for you out here. All right, one love.